And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Hello out there, boys and girls in the neighborhood. Welcome to a very special edition of, uh, I suppose it is again, the Pontificast for While I Am, DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. I am once again not joined by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Doc is uh, once again indisposed. Again, if you missed uh, our show earlier, um, it is about 48 hours or so from uh, the start of another college term. And when there's another college term, Doc Manson becomes a very busy little monkey. So he is out and about doing all sorts of good lab things, being a good lab... Well, he's not even a lab technician. He kind of runs the labs. He's the lab boss. If you've seen the show Cake Boss, you now understand uh, Lab Boss. So what I'm trying to do, because I know many of you don't want another show where it is just DC talking, is I'm trying out this Periscope thing. So if you're out there on Periscope, let me know if you can hear me. Um, I've shown you a picture. This is the uh, bottom of my bookshelf. Uh, You can see my Brett the Hitman heart autographed plaque that was actually a gift from uh, Doc Manson and GQ and some other friends of ours upon graduating. Thank you out there, J.S. Nalon and Iowa Ambrose Girl for uh, oh Edward Sharp. Uh, thanks for letting me know you can hear me. I appreciate that. So what I want to do is I want to talk about SummerSlam. Uh, I still have not had the chance to podcast about SummerSlam. Um, so I am recording. This is actually... If you didn't know by the intro, this is a recorded podcast that will be up hopefully later today. Um, I apologize if I have to disappear really quickly. It'll depend on what's going on out here in the world. But however, uh, I wanted to talk about SummerSlam and I wanted some sort of co-host. So the neighborhood, guess what neighborhood? You're my co-host on this show. I'm monitoring the Periscope feed, so if you have comments, uh, questions, if there are things you want to know, if you want to chime in your thoughts, if you agree, disagree with what I think, uh, by all means, please do so, all eight of you. Oh, you can see my shadow. Look, I'm waving. This is as close as you've ever seen. I'm waving to you, neighborhood. Hello. How are you? Oh, this is an awkward show. Anyways, uh, here we go. Let's talk about SummerSlam. And I want to actually cover, you know, NAI Pod. I saw Jason Maltoff signed in here earlier. I don't know if he's still around. But either way, um, I know that, you know, the, the NAI Pod boys talked about SummerSlam. Rant with Ant talked about SummerSlam. The Pipe Bomb talked about SummerSlam. Uh, this is what happens when we're the last, you know, feed on the network. You will get a, a private earful, by the way. That's going to be an early morning podcast tomorrow. Doc and I have promised each other we will be awake probably around 6, 6.30 a.m. so that we can watch uh, the Cruiserweight Classic. I watched it today. I'm in love with Lince Dorado. I want that mask. If you ever, if I ever show my face, I want to be behind a Lince Dorado mask, complete with teeth. 
So if you're looking for a Christmas gift for DC Matthews, that's what I recommend getting me, is find me a Lince Dorado mask. Uh, so let's talk about SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam opened with uh, Jericho versus Enzo and Cass. I want to talk a little bit about uh, something that I have mentioned before uh, with Enzo and Cass. And I think, you know, recent events kind of make it interesting to talk about. I'm sincerely worried that Enzo and Cass are going to become overexposed uh, to the point where their what makes their gimmick great won't be great anymore. Um, you know, they started off a couple of Raws. They always tend to have fairly big segments. Uh, WWE Creative seems very content to let them talk and give them, a, you know, a fairly open slate to talk, and so their segments can get a little long, and I would hate for those kind of guys to wind up missing missing and ah, yeah, Magnum says they might be broken up instead. I don't know if they'll be broken up, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Hey, Magnum, thanks for joining us here on DDT Wrestling. Uh, but um, I, I am concerned, and I, I don't want them to be you know, to lose some of what makes them special because we see them all the time. I know that Enzo is a once-in-a-generation Mike talent, so he'll probably be just fine for quite a while, uh, but it is something I worry about. And, you know, a question that I had before, after SummerSlam, but before Raw, is what does WWE see when they look at Cass and Enzo? Do they see a tag team, or do they see a single star and a mouthpiece? And I think we got a general idea this Monday on Raw that they might see a single star with a mouthpiece. And maybe that has something to do with Enzo Amore's injury history. I don't know. But I think they're going to give Big Cass a, uh, a chance. Magnum sharing Vince's big on Cass, apparently, hence his inclusion in the title match. At some point, probably during this show, I will break down my, uh, my percentages. I've kind of done the math in my head as to what percentages I think uh, the chances are of the four guys. You know, if you have not been watching wrestling, we've got Rollins, Big Cass, Owens, and Reigns, of course, uh, in that fatal four-way. Um, but I do wonder... Um, what's going on with Enzo and Cassie? You know, the having two separate tag team divisions means every tag team is precious. Every tag team is sacred. Everyone is great. And if a tag team is wasted, DC gets quite irate, to paraphrase Monty Python. Um, so I would hate for them to not be all they can be as a tag team just because uh, Colin Cassidy happens to be tall. Um, and my other question is, Shouldn't Jericho, or Jericho, I'm going to call them Jericho, and no, I'm spelling it with a K-O. Shouldn't they be the number one contenders to the tag team titles? I know technically Gallows and Anderson won at SummerSlam, so they are obviously deserving of a rematch. But Jericho won the only other Raw tag team match, and when you think of other tag teams on Raw... Shouldn't Jericho at some point be in line for a title shot? Would any of us really be upset if Owens was the Universal Champion, Jericho was the U.S. Champion, and then they were both tag team champions? Would any of us really complain if that happened, even if it was for only a couple of weeks? I doubt it. Um, I thought it was interesting that Jericho won, but at the same time, 
Enzo and Cass got the crowd fired up with their entrance. They really didn't need to do anything else. See, I, this is why you're a smart guy, Edward Sharp Six, because you wouldn't mind it. All right. Uh, next up, odd placement here for the women's title match to show up second. Um, I liked this match more than a lot of people did. A lot of people thought this match was rough. A lot of people thought this match had problems. You know, uh, there was obviously some miscommunications, and these two have wrestled each other countless times. Not every time is going to be a five-star classic. This is not Angle and Benoit. Let's be honest here. This is not Angle and Benoit. Uh, But it was pretty good. And, um, you know... I think Sasha Banks and Charlotte did a very good job of making Banks look legitimately injured. I don't know the, I don't have any inside sources. I don't know the history. I don't know, you know, how serious these injuries are. Maybe it's because of the honeymoon. You know, you can go to your other sources when you want to know actual facts. You don't come to me for facts. You come to me for opinions. Um, but I was excited. You know, Charlotte is, I still believe, I've said, if you are a fan, if you followed me for a while, you know that I think Charlotte could be the greatest female wrestler ever. And I continue to stand by that despite the fact that both she and Sasha and Becky, I suppose, all of them have had some uh, adjustments making it to the main roster. And before anyone says anything, yes, I think Charlotte is better than Eva Marie. My, you know, my adoration for the greatness of the, uh, oh, someone is speaking Cyrillic. Hello. Welcome to the chat. How are you? It's going to be awkward if you're podcasting this later and you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but I was glad to see Charlotte win. I think she does, you know, she deserves to win multiple titles. It doesn't have to be 16 or really even 10. Good. I'm glad to hear it. He, at Kirillchick96, says he's fine. All right. Um, and as I did with the uh, the previous edition, you know, I hope you listened to the Great North Woods podcast where I was up uh, in the Great North Woods uh, doing my thing, uh, hanging out a little bit of vacation before the school year started. Um, so what I did is I talked about these. Oh, now we've got random people in here. This is awkward for everyone. Um, now... You know, what I did in the last show is we talked about the matches from SummerSlam or NXT TakeOver and how it relates to what's happened on Raw, what happened on SmackDown, and things going forward. Uh, Bailey is an obvious choice for to be the next top contender to Charlotte's title. Um, I'm not sure that Bailey wins it. I think Bailey wins her first title by beating Sasha Banks. I think... WWE would be wise to copy as much of the NXT story as possible. It was so good. Uh, I think Bailey is a great contender to who will uh, challenge Charlotte, but Charlotte will win. I think the next person to take that belt off of Charlotte is probably Sasha Banks somewhere down the road. Uh, but it was nice for Bailey to have her moment. Bailey had quite the few days, if you think about it. You know, her final days in NXT, her WWE call up. Life is pre- pretty good. And you're right, Magnum. The potential for me being uncomfortable did just shoot up. It's bad enough people can see my shadow. Mock, we're feeling uncomfortable about that, too. All right. Next up, uh, you know, Miz versus Apollo Crews. There's probably not a lot uh, I need to say about that. Uh, my question to you, neighborhood, and chime in if you'd like, is this. Has the Apollo Crews ship, if you will, stopped before it got started. 
are we going to look back on this in two or three years when Apollo Crews is back to being UHA Nation and back to uh, wrestling on the Indies? Are we going to think that this call up happened much too soon? And you know, once again, WWE calling people up from NXT without a clear plan on what to do with them. Uh, and my worry is that they will. You know, Apollo Crews. It, I don't know what you do after you lose in five or six minutes to The Miz uh, for the Intercontinental title. I don't know what you do next. Probably not much, if I'm being honest. I don't even know that we see him on SmackDown uh, very often anymore. Uh, Speaking of which, I I just want to touch briefly on the Titus train wreck. That promo from Raw was, you know, it's bad when something is awkward enough that I have to mute the television. Um, yep. We got conflicting opinions here. My apologies for you listening later. I'm referring to Facebook. Uh, Dirty Criminal Ashley, you know, agrees with me that uh, Apollo Crews was called up too soon. Magnum thinks he's still young, though, so it's too early to write him off totally. And both of you are probably right. He was called up too soon, but it is it is too. Uh, too early that you know he could still do something i just magnum i just don't know what you do with him what do you do with apollo cruz what what is the gimmick you know i i hate to say it but you know i don't want to see him become another angry man of his race you know i don't want that to happen i i don't know where you go with him from here he needs something i don't need him to become a cruise ship captain despite the fact that i talk about being all aboard the cruise ship but where do you go with him? Um, the Miz promo on Daniel Bryan was spectacular. I don't know if it was a work. I don't know if it was a shoot. I don't know if it was somewhere in the middle. Probably, as with all things, it is somewhere in the middle. But it does prove what I've been saying. I've told Doc Manson this countless times. I've told you this countless times. The best promos, the best characters, the best everything in wrestling and in all media is when there's truth. There has to be a level of truth. You know, to quote George Costanza from Seinfeld, it's not a lie if you believe it. There has to be some level of truth to it. Um, So I think, you know, he kind of did dig in on Daniel Bryan because honestly, as much as I enjoy Daniel Bryan, The Miz wasn't wrong. You know, Daniel Bryan loves wrestling so much. He loved being a professional wrestler so much But if he really, really wanted to get back into the ring, he would. And, you know, I'm going to tilt this up for a minute. Excuse me. Awkward. Uh, You can see my collection of books. There's the Edge book. There's Daniel Bryan's. That's what I was showing you. Uh, Yes, that is the picture Bible, in case you were curious. I got that from my aunt, I think, when I got my first communion, and for whatever reason, it's still on the shelf. Bob Holly's book, Ted DiBiase's book, Bobby the Brain's book, Foley is Good, Jericho's stuff's over there. There's a gorgeous George book over there for reasons. William Regal's book's there. There's another Mick Foley book. You know, I've got quite a bit of uh, wrestling literature. Uh, So I like Daniel Bryan. I just wanted to show you his book. But if he really wanted to wrestle he'd be wrestling. And I'm sorry. I Forgive me for being mean about that. And I don't even think it's mean. He decided I can travel, I can make more money, and I can put less toil on my body and spend more time with my wife if I 
stay as a GM. And he's doing, I like Daniel Bryan, I like what he's doing uh, as GM. Uh, the Miz should hold on to this belt until there is someone really ready and truly there to take it. Uh, and right now, I don't think there's anybody. It's not Baron Corbin. It's certainly not Kalisto. You know, I've seen some people online saying it should be Samoa Joe. It should be Nakamura. And, you know, one of those kinds of things. A lot of people are um, channeling, you know, the Ultimate Warrior. When the Ultimate Warrior came up, when Honky Tonk Man was Intercontinental Champion. Excuse me. I'm going to try to retweet Ashley's link to let people know that we're here. But anyways, uh I think it was SummerSlam, you know, it was, I think it was the first SummerSlam, so 87, um, Honky Tonk Man had been the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, Ultimate Warrior came out and beat him in, you know, 15, 20 seconds and stole the title and set the world on fire, that's what should happen with The Miz, The Miz should not give up this belt until someone is really and truly ready. All right, uh, the match of the night as, you know, forgive my own, oh, let's see, ah, questions, I like it. Uh, DCS Ashley NAI, DCS underscore Ashley NAI. Who do you think would be a good contender for the IC title DC if there was a call-up? Uh, again, Shinsuke and Samoa Joe would be great. I'd love it to be Ty Dillinger, but I think that's, you know, I think I'm going to not get what I want on there. Um, interesting, you know, Magnum, at Magnum NAI, mentioned that Nakamura is such a big star, he's going to Raw. An interesting little wrinkle here. Um I did want to go and order match buys, but let's let's jump around a little bit. There is obviously some dissension in the ranks between the Intercontinental Champion and the general manager. Since they got drafted, you know, when on draft day, if you remember, Daniel Bryan said he was drafting the belt, not the champion. Um and Rusev on Raw. In in what I thought was odd, and I had some conversations with people online about it. Rusev took the count-out loss against Big Cass and, you know, kind of abandoned his quest for the Universal title. And if I'm Mick Foley, if I'm the GM Mick Foley, GM of Raw, and I set up this series and someone, in a way, disrespects me to the point where he gives up the chance for this title, you know, and I love the idea that Rusev feels his Intercontinental title is the more important one, so I do get that. But at the same time, right now your two mid-card champions could potentially, this is some fantasy booking here, could potentially be at odds with their general managers. Now, I don't know if we're ever going to see a trade. I wish they would. If they're going to talk about, you know, I didn't mention this earlier with Bailey. If they're going to be talking about how these people are free agents, you need to actually try to show some semblance of the free agent process. And what I mean by that is a free agent gets scouted by multiple teams in my famous air quotes. Oh, wait, hold on. Teams. You can see the shadow there. Teams. Um, they get you know, scouted by multiple teams. Bailey should have been on Raw and on SmackDown being courted by Stephanie, by Shane, by Brian, by Foley. Uh, and she should have to make a decision as to where she's going to go. These are not free agents. These are NXT picks who are being assigned to different rosters. That's fine. I get that. And that's fine. But don't call them free agents because that's not what the term means. And so... If you're going to have free agents, you should also have trades. I could envision a world in which Raw and SmackDown traded Miz and Maurice for Rusev and Lana. I think that 
helps a lot. You know, you put Miz on Raw so he can continue to do his thing. And then, as Magnum said, when Nakamura is ready to come up, because he probably is going to Raw, he is such a big star, he can win the Intercontinental title. You put Rusev on SmackDown, where he can be a bigger name. You know, Jason Maltoff and a whole bunch of us love Rusev and want him to become a main eventer. I don't know if he ever gets a chance to do that on Raw, but he could do that on SmackDown. Just an idea for that. All right. Uh, match of the night, as I predicted, was Styles versus Cena. I haven't seen, you know, some people liked uh, Balor versus Rollins more. And, oh, ooh, good idea from, again, Ashley NAI. I appreciate you sticking around with us here on this show. You're kind of my co host right now, Ashley. Ashley and Magnum are the co hosts of this episode of DDT Wrestling for now. Um, she thinks that, you know, each free agent should have a match on Raw and on SmackDown and then kind of decide where they're going for there. I like that idea. And Magnum, Asuka gets the call up. It should be on SmackDown since Raw got Bailey. Couldn't agree more. You know, again, they, they need to figure that out. Uh, this goes back to the whole idea that a lot of us have that, uh, oh, there's Chip. Oh, Chippy Chippy. I see you. Welcome aboard, Chip. Um, what was I talking about? Chip? I got all distracted with Chip. Dang it, Chip. You you didn't ruin it, but you got me all distracted now. This is going to be such an awkward show for people listening later. And Doc Manson's going to kill me. I didn't tell him I was doing this. So all of a sudden, he's going to he's gonna not be pleased about the Cena versus Stoss. Again, thank you, co-host Ashley. I appreciate it. Uh, Jennifer Nalon at JS Nalon. How about NXT stars doing double duty to, sit, to see which show we want to be on? I... I like that idea. I I know. Hi. Look at my shadow, Chip. We're actually seeing each other for the first time. Hi, Chip. Oh, and Mrs. Manson. Uh-oh. I'm in trouble now. Mrs. Manson's here. Mrs. Manson has joined the party. All right. We were talking about Cena and Styles uh, here on the DDT Wrestling slash Periscope simulcast. Oh, it's fine. I love Mrs. Manson. I've known her for... Oh, let's not talk about how long Mrs. Manson and I have known each other. A long time. Um, Can we call 2016... Can we officially decide to call 2016 the phenomenal year in wrestling? Double meaning here. Obviously, it reflects AJ Styles making his debut at the Rumble and doing all of these things and being such a star. But also, it talks about the year in wrestling. This year has been phenomenal. Let's talk about the last eight, nine days. You know, a Mile High Laz talks a lot about what's been going on, you know, in the independence. I don't follow enough to really understand what in the world he's talking about, but has there been a better time to be a wrestling fan? And Magnum, as a historian here, if you're still around there, Magnum, you of all people might be able to add some expert opinion here. Has there been a better year? Maybe you can make a case during, you know, 97, 98 Monday Night Wars, maybe. Maybe people thought it was the best year ever when WrestleMania came around, when there were actual pay-per-views. But when has it been better to be a WWE fan? There you go. Edward Sharp, at Edward Sharp 6. 2016 has been phenomenal so far. Uh, Glenn's here. Hello, Glenn. Depends. It could still be glorious. Uh, We talked, if you listen to the Great Northwoods podcast from Thursday night, I talked all about how my favorite moment of NXT TakeOver was the glorious entrance. I didn't need anything else. The tag team match was amazing, but really all I needed was that 
entrance. Uh, but Cena versus Styles was good. I don't need to go into how good it is. Uh, I am very curious to know what happens next for John Cena. Uh, I don't think he's going to come back and teach advanced thugonomics as much as I would like him to. Uh, sorry, Jason Maltov. I love the idea, though, and you sold it really well. Uh, but I, I don't know what happens next for him. You know, he he made it seem like he was going to retire, and obviously that's not the case. I've been on board for a long time saying that he's going to be wrestling at WrestleMania 40. And I stand by that. But uh, I, I don't know what he does next. But the last two years have been very interesting as a John Cena fan. Uh, so, I don't know. Oh, here we go. Expert opinion at Magnum AI. I'm biased to be sure, but I'm partial to the mid-80s. Jim Crockett Productions, world-class, mid-south, and WWE. Hard to argue. Hard to argue. The quality may have been better then, and that's a matter of personal opinion. But I, I think we can agree the quantity and is far more, if only for the independence and the internet and all of that. Um, let's see, big return later on. Oh, and, you know, John, I think what I, I wrote a little note on you, and I took notes on what I wanted to talk about, and one of them was uh, that, you know, NAI Pod probably has the answer, and I think that was, I, I gotta believe AJ Styles is gonna win the SmackDown title, the world title, sooner rather than later. And I also gotta believe, just like they said on NAI Pod, I think John Cena wins 16 from AJ Styles. But I'm going to say, instead of it being at WrestleMania 33, I'll say it's at the Rumble. I'll say he wins it at the Rumble, because you're not going to have John Cena win the Royal Rumble. Not now. Um, and then John Cena will either face The Undertaker or Roman Reigns, two matches that we've all kind of assumed were going to happen uh, and haven't happened recently or lately, if at all. John Cena faced The Undertaker back in the Thugonomics days, but not this John Cena versus this Undertaker. But I gotta believe that's what's gonna happen. But, you know, it's gonna go, the next two world champions will be AJ Styles and then John Cena. That's my prediction. Uh, match was great, though, and everyone said so, so I don't need to talk about it anymore. Uh, a match that was not great, New Day versus Gallows and Anderson, I, I feel bad. I don't get, nor do I particularly care for Gallows and Anderson. I'm sorry, I'm going to let that hang there in case you need to post hate mail to my Twitter page at DC Matthews NAI. I don't get it. They were these, you know, destroyers. They were kind of like the authors of Pain, except obviously better. By the way, at Occam and Rezar, or Rezar, why don't I just call them Bebop and Rocksteady? Just, you know, I get the pun, but that's that's not going to last. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't get Gallows and Anderson. The whole doctor thing, you know, they became kind of silly and not even the good kind of wrestle silly, just like the awkward wrestle silly. You know, I, I was having a conversation with someone who, and I can't remember who it is, I apologize, and they were, uh, they were trying to get me to, you know, t to believe that Gallows and Anderson were great and 
I just found as we were, you know, he, they were just giving me the same opinions over and over again. So I finally just started calling them clowns. And I don't actually think they're clowns, but you'll forgive me if I call Gallows and Anderson doink and dink for a while uh, until they show me something else. You know, all of the doctor stuff did nothing for me and it didn't make me feel like they were going anywhere. Are they the next uh, Raw brand tag team champions? Probably. Do I think that's a great idea? Yes, because the New Day doesn't need the titles anymore. And right now, Big E Langston is probably the most complete African-American talent that WWE has. So if they're going to pull the trigger on a African-American universal champion, uh, Big E's the guy to do it. It's not Titus. Not going to be Darren Young. Not going to be uh, Apollo Cruz. Rich Swan will make a great cruiserweight champion. But uh, I, I agree with you, Ashley. I agree with you. At DC, DSC underscore Ashley NAI, after what transpired at SummerSlam, Jericho is more ideal to be tag team champions. I said that earlier in the show. They should be the number one contenders. They should be. All right, Magnum. Thanks for stopping in. Hope to see you again. All right. I, I think Gallows and Anderson win the titles at Clash of Champions. And now, again, Doc Manson is the ranter. I am the straight man of our duo. Uh, I am. I set him up and let him rant and then try to calm him down and see things from a different perspective. I understand that that is my job. However, I just got to know how. How, 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 how is the pay-per-view called Clash of the Champions not a cross-brand pay-per-view? How can you have a, a show that's all about champions fighting each other? Champions are clashing. I know that's not necessarily what WCW did it, but regardless... And you don't have it include Raw and SmackDown. It makes no sense to me. And the only way that I can salvage it, and this is where I'm going to do a little bit more fantasy booking, so bear with me, is you make Survivor Series every year. This is how you save Survivor Series. Is Hold on, let me tweet out another advertisement to get some people here. You have Survivor Series be the show that every year it is Raw versus SmackDown. And so you have your world champion versus your universal champion. Your woman's champion from Raw versus your woman's champion from SmackDown. The tag team champions fight each other. The U.S. champion and the intercontinental champion fight each other. You can have a couple of traditional Survivor Series matches that are Raw brand versus SmackDown brand. You know, they did this with bragging rights, I believe. They did this with bragging rights. And then... My, the idea that I'm most proud of, and a lot of people, will, I hope, will appreciate this. Thank you, Glenn, for sharing this on Twitter. I appreciate that. I don't know how to share it on Twitter with actually Periscope. Otherwise, I would. I'm, I'm really not technologically capable of anything, really. Um, you have your cruiserweight champion battle the top cruiserweight from SmackDown. So if this was happening at Survivor Series, whoever the first cruiserweight champion is, Kota Ibushi, Cedric Alexander, Johnny Gargano, Neville, uh, battles the top, you know, the other brand, whatever brand doesn't have the cruiserweight champion, and you'll see where I'm going with this in a minute, they have a little tournament to crown a challenger. 
they fight. And if, so let's say it was Neville versus, um, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't even know if I can think of a, Callisto, Callisto. Let's say Callisto beats Neville for the Cruiserweight title. Well, now your Cruiserweight champion is in SmackDown. Which now means your Cruiserweight division is on SmackDown. And so maybe what you have is you either have the series of cruiserweights who are signed to SmackDown, because if I'm doing the booking, I am not putting every single cruiserweight on Raw. It's a terrible idea. I'm having some cruiserweights on SmackDown, even if there's not a cruiserweight title. Uh, But what I would also do is I might have some talents who are signed specifically to the cruiserweight division and you could go as far as to show one of their mock contracts that says signed to the cruiserweight division so if the cruiserweight division suddenly moves from raw to smackdown those talents jack gallagher zach saber jr drew gulak noam dar even please no but even ho ho lun they all move over to the other brand and that brand gets to have the cruiserweight title for the next year you know i i would imagine that these happen every year and then hey rant with ants here how you doing bud uh and then what you do here on the ddt wrestling periscope cross promotional craziness even though doc manson's not here so it's really a pontificast i don't know what i'm gonna call this um maybe you have a winter draft an actual free agent draft with NXT talents or actual free agents from the independents former wrestlers rather and whoever wins the Survivor Series, you know, whatever brand wins the most matches gets the first pick actually make it mean something. This brand split's not going to work unless you make it mean something I'd like, I'd see to have the known Cruiserweight on Raw and the lesser known on SmackDown to balance it out. All right. Uh, So that would be how I would change Survivor Series up a little bit to make it more meaningful. I'm still irritated about the whole Clash of the Champions thing, but I'll ignore that because as I was talking about it, I realized WCW didn't have champions fighting each other at Clash of the Champions, so I suppose it's fine. Uh, Ambrose versus Ziggler. I liked this match more than a lot of people did, too. It wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. And you're right, Ant. Survivor Series has been so lackluster. That's why I'm suggesting you make Survivor Series bragging rights to catch you up very quickly because I'm recording a podcast here, too. But I'll catch you up, Ant, because you're part of the NAI network. And I love you. I just... I do. Um, You have... World Champion versus Universal Champion, US versus IC, Tag versus Tag. You know, you have all of the champions from the brands face each other. The Cruiserweight Champion faces a challenger from the other show in an attempt to steal the Cruiserweight title and thus the division onto the other show. So, thank you. Rant with Ant thinks I'm brilliant. I can go to bed a happy camper tonight. All right, Ambrose versus Ziggler. I liked it more than a lot of people did. It wasn't great, but it was good. Uh, I like what Ambrose is doing. This heelishness actually works for me, uh, but I really do believe we're seeing his final days as champion. Uh, September 11th, I believe, is Backlash, and I would not at all be surprised to see AJ Styles continue his phenomenal year and win the title. He's done everything WWE could have possibly wanted him to do and a whole lot more. Um, so I also think, and 
I, I think I tweeted this at uh, the New Age Insiders while they were... I don't remember if it was while they were podcasting or afterwards. I think Ziggler's done. I think WrestleMania 30... By the time WrestleMania 33 happens, Dolph Ziggler's no longer with this company. Uh, and again, they talked about it on NAI Pod. They've talked about it on other shows on the NAI Network, so I don't want to belabor it, but... He lost to Ambrose in his quote-unquote last shot. He lost his chance to get back into it against Styles. What is there left for him to do? Is he going to face Miz for the Intercontinental title? I doubt it, because if he did, he'd lose. Is he going to become a tag team wrestler? I'd like to see it. Ziggler and, I, you know, share your dream partner for him. Ziggler and Kalisto. Ziggler and... <laughs> uh, yes. Rant with Ant. Got it on the money. Ziggler and Breeze. There's the gorgeous stable. Ziggler, Eva Marie, Tyler Breeze, Fandango, Ty Dillinger. Boom. Win all the money in the world. Just get a heel, obsessed with their looks kind of group going. Uh, but I do. I think, I think he's done. Uh, and my random question is, if you watch SmackDown, that opening segment, before it, uh, AJ Styles put on the headband and made fun of Ziggler... In that locker room were Baron Corbin, Eric Rowan, Rhino, and Apollo Crews. Everything I know about professional wrestling indicates that baby faces and heels have two different dressing rooms. Why would they all be in the same dressing room? Corbin and Rowan are heels. Rhino and Apollo Crews are baby faces as far as I can tell. Why would they be in the same dressing room? What possible purpose would they serve? Well, Rant with Ant asked, what would you talk to Rowan about? Besides the fact that he's a genius who can do Rubik's Cubes, if you remember that little bit of booking from late 2014, early 2015. Baron Corbin's the lone wolf. Eric Rowan wears a sheep's mask. I assume he was asking him out to dinner. All right. The SmackDown six-woman tag. Full disclosure, didn't watch it. I kind of figured Nikki Bella would come back. I know Ant. You love Nikki Bella. I'm sorry I didn't see it. My apologies. Uh, I thought it was weird to bring Nikki back as a heel, so I want to applaud SmackDown and WWE in general for turning Carmella heel. Completely unexpected. Totally fun. The Manson family got to see that live. They were there for SmackDown. Uh, They loved it. It was a perfectly executed double turn. WWE can do some fantastic booking when they want to. By the way, all of you have a job to do. All of you need to tweet at Doc Manson and at Mrs. Manson DDT and insist that they do a Manson Family podcast. You haven't heard Doc's opinions on SummerSlam. You haven't heard their opinions on this week in wrestling. Um, They went to a SmackDown show. They could talk about the new sets. They could talk about what they saw and their experiences. You have to insist that they podcast. They'll do it if you nag them enough. Trust me. Um, I'm excited about the SmackDown six-pack challenge. I am of the opinion that Natalia should be the first champ. Nikki Bella is the obvious choice. Becky Lynch is the crowd favorite choice, but I think Natalia as champion uh, could do some good things. A lot of people don't like her. They're not sure. They're not wild about her character. Uh, I think she's great. You know, uh, Rant with Ant says Naomi is the sleeper. Um, you know, pick to win the title. That would be a nice change of pace would be to give her the belt. I do like her entrance. 
Um, she's a talented worker. It would be great. I think it would be obviously too soon for Alexa Bliss or Carmella, uh, but both of those talents will shine. That'll be a fun match that I will actually watch. I'm, al- I'm always iffy on women's wrestling, though, in this new era. That's not the case so much anymore. I'm excited for that match. All right, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Uh, you know, this has been talked about a uh, hundred times or more. Um, I don't even necessarily want to talk about the match so much. It's good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Those two will main event at WrestleMania someday, possibly even the next one. Um, who's to blame for Finn Balor's injury? I'm probably the last person in the world. I think everyone else has shared their opinions on this. Uh, But who's to blame for Finn Balor's injury? Well, obviously, you got to blame, put some of the blame on Seth Rollins. Um, You know, yes, as Jason Maltov made the argument, uh, Seth Rollins has injured three people in the last year. But I'd like to submit to you that one of them was a 56-year-old part-time wrestler who admitted that it was a fluke injury and not Seth Rollins' fault. Uh, Number two was John Cena with a freak nose accident, the knee-to-nose thing that was just going to happen. And then Finn Balor. And Finn Balor is a 35-year-old wrestler who's been in NXT or WWE for a little over two years and has already had two major injuries. If not more, I can't remember. Uh, I'm not going to say that Finn is fragile. I actually tweeted that out. If I started the hashtag fragile Finn, how many people would unfollow me? I got enough of a response that I won't do it. I'm not going to say that Finn Balor is fragile, uh, but it was a fluke accident and rant with Ant just mentioned it on uh, his, you know, on the Periscope here, you know, uh, it was a poorly executed barrier bomb, if that's what we're going to call it. Uh, But at the same time, Finn Balor should not have had to reach back like that and probably shouldn't have done it if, you know, because if he hadn't reached back, I don't think he would have injured himself. I think, again, it was one of those freak accidents. Uh, but I'll put some of the blame on Rollins. I'll put some of the blame on Finn Balor. Should Seth Rollins stop doing the buckle bomb? Probably. But it's not because uh, he's a reckless wrestler. It's because he's a smaller wrestler. And I have a problem when smaller wrestlers use big man moves. Because when most of the guys you wrestle are your size or bigger, it's hard for you to control it, you know? Uh, Think back to when Kevin Nash tried to jackknife powerbomb the Giant... That would be the big show for those of you young enough to need to get off my lawn. Um, He dropped him on his neck because he tried to powerbomb someone bigger than him. Bad idea. So I don't understand why you would do that. I think uh, Rollins should avoid that. By all means, do the small package driver which I'm going to freely admit, this is the nerd DC coming out, Uh, it took me a few minutes to get the joke. And by a few minutes, I mean a day and a half to actually get the joke as to why him using that move is funny. Uh, But I loved it. That would be the finisher right now. If If it was up to me, that would be his finisher right now. He would never do a pedigree again unless he was wrestling Triple H. Uh, welcome back, everyone. I don't know if I accidentally kicked you all out or what. But um, I, I blame a little bit on Rollins. It's a move I wouldn't use anymore. I blame a little bit on Balor. Um, 
probably a poor decision to reach back, but it didn't, you know, I give all the credit in the world to Finn Balor, however, for finishing that match with a torn labrum. Good for you, my friend, that you were able to do that. Um, I often wonder why WWE feels the need for short-term solutions. You know, the Universal title was vacated, and I get it. You just created the title. You just created the title. The champion's been crowned for less than 24 hours and has to surrender it. You, pre- you know, I can see where there might be a little bit of urgency in terms of getting a new champion. However, if this title is so important, why not make the earning of it more important? You know, three or four matches on one Raw and then a Fatal 4-Way on the next Raw doesn't seem big enough for a universal title. And I know Vince McMahon reportedly doesn't like tournaments. However, you could come up with something. I would love to see, and I know many other people would love to see, a G1-style round-robin tournament where everyone wrestles everyone, there's a point system assigned... I think that would be fantastic. However, thank you, Rant with Ant. That's what I suggested as soon as I thought about it. An elimination chamber would have been perfect. A single match, six guys. I think that would have been fantastic. But they obviously are trying to get a universal champion as fast as possible. And I and again, I understand the desire for it, but it is short-term booking. And one of WWE's problems that they've had in the last few years since I started watching wrestling again is it's all short-term booking. Part of me gets that because so many people get injured. You know, they made a long-term plan with Daniel Bryan. They probably made a long-term plan with CM Punk. Neither of those worked out exactly well. However... I would try to look a little further. You have the Clash of the Champions coming up. Why not have the Universal title match there? Have some sort of longer series and crown a champion at a pay-per-view. Just my own opinion. Uh, I am personally insulted for Cesaro and Sheamus because they got locked into this relatively dumb, in hindsight, best-of-seven series. Neither of them got the chance to be included in the Universal title series. If I were Cesaro and Sheamus, I would hope that if I win the best of seven series, that means I am granted a universal title shot. I don't know if that'll be the case or not. Uh, I I said earlier I would give you my percentages uh, for how I think this is going to go in terms of the Fatal 4-Way. Seth Rollins has a 40% chance of winning, in my opinion. Kevin Owens has a 30% chance of winning. That would be the smart choice. The smart choice would be to give the belt to Owens, I think. Reigns can chase him. Rollins can chase him. Jericho can chase him. But I would say I think Rollins has more of a chance to win, but if I'm doing the booking, and I think all of you would agree, Kevin Owens wins the belt. So 40% for Rollins, 30% for Owens, 25% for Reigns and 5% for Big Cass. If they wanted to go with a completely out-of-nowhere result, you would put the title on Big Cass, but after that, again, short-term booking, that makes it exciting for one day, and then the Monday after Clash of Champions, what in the world are you going to do with Colin Cassidy as champion? And Grant with that, again... He's a smart man, that rant with that. Make sure you're following him and listening to his podcast. B. 
Big Cass takes the pin. I think that protects everyone else except, you know, he can absorb it as a thing. How is John Bon Jericho not in the title match rant with Ant? I really can tell you. I really couldn't tell you. You would think he would be in. Perhaps Big Cassidy will suffer some sort of attack. Again, hey, John Bon Jericho, Big Cass is mysteriously attacked, and John Bon Jericho is inserted into the match. Now that sets up a potential Enzo and Cass versus Jericho feud down the road in which Jericho should and would take the tag team titles. I don't know. But it is it does seem uh fair and I, I'm worried that somebody in WWE is going to get it. They're going to get it. Because Jericho's not involved. Um a lot of people have talked about the last two matches of SummerSlam, or lack thereof, two matches, the last two scheduled matches that neither of them well one of them happened, I suppose. I liked Rusev versus Reigns more than a lot of people did. I was not upset that that match didn't happen. Um, I thought with those two guys, it was okay for the two of them just to brawl all over the place. I've been a huge fan of what WWE has done with Roman Reigns since coming back from his suspension. If you give him the U.S. title now, I think you're actually taking a step backwards. He should be continually, I agree, rant with Aunt Rusev will probably get involved with Reigns at some point to keep him from becoming a champion. I would, you know, come out, throw a bag over his head and just drag him backstage so he can't take the pin. Um, but, you know, I, I think what you have to do with Roman Reigns is you have to see him trying and trying and trying and trying and failing and failing and failing and failing. And I think the more you do that, the more fans will get behind him. Uh, I talked about Rusev taking the count out. I wasn't wild about it, uh, especially since they didn't talk about it afterwards. You know, if Mick Foley had confronted him backstage and yelled at him for, you know, not taking his title opportunity seriously, it would have made more sense. Hopefully we'll see that in a future on Raw some point. Um, Again, I wrote down my fantasy booking idea. If you missed it the first time, Mick takes it as an insult, so Mick's unhappy with Rusev, Daniel Bryan's unhappy with The Miz, you trade your mid-card champions to the other brands. I think it's better for everybody. All right, then the main event. Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. Full disclosure, didn't watch it. Didn't care. Did not care. I went to bed early after SummerSlam. Um, I, you know, A lot of people know this. Papa Matthews uh, had some pretty serious surgery on the Monday following SummerSlam, I needed to spend the day uh, doing some family stuff. I'm happy to report that he is making a recovery. Um, he's, you know, it's it's post-surgery, so there's some pain. There's some pain management that, you know, the family is struggling with, but he's doing all right. I saw him today. Uh, he was up and moving around, which I was happy about, so he's on the mend, um, but I didn't feel the need to stay up, and when I woke up and saw that Lesnar had busted him open and it was a TKO, it didn't make me want to watch it. I'm sorry. I just, I, you know, and then on SmackDown when Orton said that his and Brock Lesnar's pass would cross again, I groaned out loud. I, I'm fairly well done with Brock Lesnar. I'm fairly well done with Randy Orton. 
rant with Antirite, suplex, take liberties on opponent, leave, repeat. I'm done with them both. If this is the new era, let's just move on. Um, but, however, you know, the question, was it intentional? I don't know. Did, did you know, did Lesnar get mad and intentionally try to cause some serious damage? Maybe. I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, did Brock Lesnar, you know, say I'm going to bust you open and then decide to literally and seriously bust him open? Maybe. Um, I'm more interested with where they go from here, though. I will say that. I'm I'm kind of done with Lesnar, and I'm kind of lo- done uh, with Owens. I would love to hear more about the Jericho fight. You know, Rant with Ant just talked about that. I'd love to hear Jericho more information on the Jericho and Lesnar fight. I don't know if we ever will, but maybe it'll show up on a WWE 24 one time. That would be fantastic. Uh, You know, a lot of people were making a big deal about the fact that Brock Lesnar was fined $500. As soon as you saw that, you had to know it was a work. You had to know it was part of a story. At no point would WWE only fine Brock Lesnar $500 legitimately. Come on, people. You have to see this for what it is, and it's a storytelling device. Uh, it is a storytelling device in that Brock Lesnar is now Stephanie McMahon's mercenary, seemingly designed to take out SmackDown. And I like that. That is the one way that I will be interested. If Brock Lesnar is Stephanie McMahon's ace in the hole, whenever she has a problem she can't figure out on her own, she places a phone call, Brock shows up and rips somebody's head off, That's an intriguing way to use him right now, especially because it will build to somebody, whether it's from SmackDown or not, finally taking him down. And it shouldn't happen right away. She should use him two or three more times, including against Shane McMahon, uh, as a lethal weapon, and then finally somebody stops him. It could be any number of people. We've talked about that a hundred times in the neighborhood. Who should be the one to beat? Brock Lesnar, Nakamura would be fine, Samoa Joe would be fine, Rusev would be fine, any number of people would be fine. I'm not wild about it being Kevin Owens for reasons that I've talked about on the air before, but even if that was the case, it was, you know, I would be fine with it. Um, I'm also interested in Orton versus Bray Wyatt. I, you know, sorry, I'll come back to Orton versus Bray. Rant with Ant just said Roman Reigns. I'm not opposed to that either. This Roman Reigns, the Roman Reigns that it's currently I'm seeing on TV, if that's the guy to beat Brock Lesnar, okay. If it winds up being Seth Rollins, cool. Finn Balor, mm, fine. Shouldn't be John Cena, obviously. Shouldn't be anybody older than that. Shouldn't be Shane McMahon, that's for sure. Um, give it to someone who's there for a decade. Absolutely right. Give it to someone who can use it for a while. Uh, Orton versus Bray I like, if only because I like Bray Wyatt. I love Bray Wyatt. Uh, News today that I saw, speaking of the Wyatt family, the legitimate family, the actual family, uh, Bo Dallas could very well be fired, though I think he's got to go to China and wrestle the Chinese superstar whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, Bo Dallas was kicked off a WWE plane for being intoxicated. Apparently he was singing songs from the Lion King at a very high decibel and then gave some attitude to people who were trying to calm him down. I hope it doesn't mean they fire him. See you later, Ant. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I hope that doesn't mean they fire him. I hope they take advantage of it and, again, 
give this man something to do. His charisma is just infectious and amazing. He could be an outstanding borderline Miz level heel if you handle him right. Just do it. Same with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt has so much talent. You know, Orton does not need to win this feud. Bray Wyatt should pin him and should pin him relatively handily. Uh, I don't know whether or not that'll happen. I'm done expecting great things with Bray Wyatt, but I am hopeful. And that, my friends, takes us through SummerSlam. So unless my very small handful of people, unless co-star, co-host at DSC underscore Ashley NAI, um, unless you have a specific question, we're going to wrap this show up. We I don't remember if we have email. I think the only email came from uh, Seahawk. And you know what, Seahawk? I'm tired of your lip. You got to recognize my authority. I demand respect until I get it from you. I will not be reading your emails. If Doc's on the show and wants to read your emails, that's fine. But on my show, I'm going to expect a little more from you. Uh, So while I see whether or not there's any other topics floating out there in the neighborhood to talk about. I want to thank you all for being a part of this show. If you happen to pop in, even if it was just for a minute, even if you just popped in expecting to see my face, realized you weren't going to and left in disgust, I still appreciate the fact that you were part of the show. Um, maybe we'll try out some periscoping a little more now that I figured out how to do it on my iPad. Uh, Remember, you can be part of our conversations at any time at Doc Manson at DC Matthews NAI. Ah, there's our final question. Who's Asuka's next opponent? It has to be Ember Moon. There's nobody else. She already beat Billy Kay, I'm pretty sure. Who should, in my mind, who should Asuka's opponent next be? The six SmackDown Divas. Or, excuse me, Divas. Women. Forgive me, that was a grievous insult. The six, you know, it should be a seven-pack challenge, and she should show up on SmackDown and wrestle for the title. I would have her vacate the women's title and move to WWE tomorrow. Or Wednesday, since that's when NXT is next. There's not, you know, there's plenty for her to do in terms of English language, I get that. But the women's division in NXT is going to suffer with Asuka there as champion because she is so much better than everybody else. Move her to a SmackDown, have her work on the things she needs to work on there, have a tournament for the NXT women's title, and let those young talents shine. That's what I would do. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Hopefully the next time you hear my voice, I will be joined by Doc Manson. Thank you to Magnum. Thank you to Ant. Thank you to Ashley for being my Periscope co-hosts here on this show. Very much appreciate that. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Until I see you again, I will see you around the neighborhood. <laughs>